What's up, everybody? This is The Booch, and this shout-out goes to all of the members of The Booch Cast Nation. On behalf of the entire team and all of my affiliates, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you guys so much from the bottom of our hearts for your continued support of The Booch Cast. Whether it's wrestling recaps, interviews, politics, variety shows, movie reviews, whatever episodes we come out with, you guys listen, you guys tune in, and you show your support. And it means the world to us. And we're going to commence with this latest episode in just a moment. But I want to take this opportunity right now to let you guys know something really huge that is going on in the world of the booch. I am now officially on Cameo. That's right. The Cameo. The same Cameo where celebrities go and give personal shout-out videos for all their fans. And I'm here to let you guys know that for the affordable price of just $25 you can get a personalized video from me on cameo and it can be for any occasion that you want you got somebody you want me to wish a happy birthday I'll make it happen you want me to congratulate someone on graduating high school or college I'll make it happen whether it's a happy holidays video it can be a gender reveal it can be somebody who needs some motivation you want the boots to motivate you or if you got somebody in your life that you want to break up with I'll help make the breakup happen or if you got somebody in your life that you want to tell to fuck off and you want it done booch style. All you got to do is go to cameo.com slash booch365. There'll be a link in the description box of every episode of the Boochcast from now till the end of time. Go there, book your video, customize it however you want. Let me know how you want it done, and I will make it happen for you. So go to cameo.com slash booch365 right now and book your personalized video today for the affordable price of $25. And now, on with the show. Derek Shapiro here, along with my son River, co-writer, co-director, co-exec producer of Don't Mess With The Clown, coming out Sunday, October 1st, 2023, at midnight on movieinternetchannel.yolosa.com. Star myself, Derek Shapiro. And my son, River. Okay. We're gonna get them. We're gonna get them, yeah. There they are. Also starring Dylan Schneider and Evans A. Darylis. Oh, f- finally you're here. Took some time. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Did you hear? Look at the news. Somebody got killed by a clown. Stop clowning around. Also starring Serenity Rose. And Bruce Lee. Hey, sis. So I'm over here with your friends. Oh, hi, cuz. So tell me, I heard you all about, the, uh, you know about clowns. Me and my son are going to take care of the clowns this weekend. How should we do it? Do it with power. Do it with power. I will do it with power. Thank you. And a special appearance by Ken Stearns, the owner and host of the Jaw Podcast. Good morning, everybody. This is Ken Stearns, and I'm reporting from the Jar.live. We've got a serious situation right now in the community. There's clowns loose. Also starring Vinny the Booch Bucci. All right. About to hit the road. Got to get ready to do this show. Gonna make some serious money, tell some serious jokes. The only problem is I got to deal with these 
stories about these clowns and all these stories about oh there's these clowns these scary clowns running around and guest starring actor rick worthy um, um i have a question uh, um i find out i'm here in providence how do you take care of clowns uh you take care of clowns by not staring at them check out my new song don't mess with a clown don't mess with the clown don't mess with the clown coming out sunday october 1st 2023 at midnight on movie internet channel dot yellow.com so just how far down do you want to go well we could talk it out over a cup of joe and you could look deep into my eyes like i was a supermodel
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And ladies and gentlemen, before I get into this recap, before I talk about what went down on the Go Home Show, before No Mercy this coming Saturday, before I do what I do when I do what I do, I do have to address a couple of things right off the bat here on the Boochcast. And the first thing is, normally after I do my uh, NXT spiel, I usually introduce the NXT correspondent, who you all know as the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. Well, unfortunately, Zach is not able to join me here on the Boochcast. And the reason for that is because Zach got called into work today. And the reason is because Zach recently put in for his vacation time, which means that from September 30th to October the 7th, he is going to be on vacation from his job. He's got a week's vacation that he's going to take. Technically, he has two weeks, but he doesn't take them all in a row because if he had to stay home for two weeks, he'd lose his mind. So he's taking one week now, and he'll take another week at a later date before the whole thing, you know, rolls over. So because he had to take his vacation time on Saturday, they called him into work yesterday and today. And by that, I mean Monday and Tuesday because it's still Tuesday at the time that I'm sitting here recording this. So Zach, sadly is not able to join me for the go-home show. However, he will join me for the recap of No Mercy that we're hoping to get done on Sunday to have out to you guys on Monday because on Saturday, I have to go to Milledgeville, Georgia for a comedy show. So I won't be able to see No Mercy on Saturday night or if I do, it'll be on the drive home from the show or early in the morning on Sunday depending on when I get back and what time we record and all of that. So Zach, unfortunately, is not able to join me for this particular recap. Also, if you can tell from the sound of my voice, I am not in the best of moods. And that is because earlier today, which again is Tuesday at the time that I'm recording this, I went through some really emotional crazy shit. I also went through some shit on Monday. That's also got me in a bit of an emotional state. Now, I don't want to talk about any of it right now because I really want to jump into the NXT recap. But provided that Zach and I do the variety show, because we're hoping to record a variety show this week, weekend. I'll go into more detail about that during the variety show. If for whatever reason we don't get to the variety show, I'll address it at a later date, maybe as a separate track when I do a variety show of my own. But I'm only mentioning it right now because I don't want people to be confused by why I am not my usual enthusiastic self while doing this podcast. Because obviously as you can tell from the sound of my voice, I'm not doing very well. And if I don't at least acknowledge that I'm not doing well, you guys are going to be confused and not paying attention to anything I say because you're going to be too busy sitting here going, why does Vinny sound depressed and sounding like he wants to eat a bullet? <laughs> well, like I said, I'll address that later. Right now, I just want to jump in to this recap of NXT. As I mentioned before, this is the go-home show before No Mercy this Saturday. And we kick things off with our first official match of the evening for the Global Heritage Invitational Finals with the winner of this match to face Noam Dar for the Heritage Cup at No Mercy. Butch goes one-on-one against Joe Coffey with Gallus. This was a very, 
well done match. I enjoyed this immensely. Why? Because Butch and Joe Coffey have great chemistry in the ring. Now, obviously, it's no secret. I'm not the biggest Gallus fan in the world. However, I do acknowledge that Joe Coffey does have some great in-ring skills. I mean, Gallus, they're great in the ring. I just didn't like them as tag team champions. I felt that, obviously, the family deserved them more. But these guys definitely had a great back-and-forth match. Obviously, the psychology was great with Butch manipulating the fingers like he always does. There was a lot of wrestling. There was a lot of working. At one point, Wolfgang came in with the interference behind the ref's back. Uh, there was a lot of edge-of-your-seat moments. Obviously, Noam Dar paying very close attention and everybody kind of staring him down. Uh, each of them were doing that to kind of let them know, hey, I'm coming for you and I'm coming for that cup and this is why I'm here. Uh, these guys had a very hard-hitting match and in the end, Butch hits the bitter end after sending coffee crashing into the ring steps and hitting the bitter end in the ring one two three the winner of the match butch which means now it will be butch versus noam dar for the heritage cup and obviously it will be contested under british round rules because that's how the heritage cup is done and all i can say is i'm very excited that butch won the match because i felt he deserved it more also i'm really hoping that butch wins the heritage cup because obviously Noam Dar is terrible with this cup and obviously they've established that without this cup Noam Dar is basically worthless because he literally went into a depressed catatonic state when he didn't have the cup to the point where they had to create a fake cup for him to walk around with in order to snap out of the catatonic state and try to live under the delusion that he was still the Heritage Cup winner even though Nathan Fraser was the official cup holder. This whole thing was fucking stupid and by that I mean that whole storyline. So I'm really hoping this ends with Butch winning the Heritage Cup, Noam Dar basically fucking off forever and I feel like with Butch holding the cup, the cup will be taken a lot more seriously especially if Butch goes to SmackDown holding the cup the same way Dominic Mysterio goes on the main roster with the NXT North American Championship. I feel like it'll put more eyes on the product. I feel like Butch making regular appearances will draw in ratings which is what I feel is the reason for having you know, Butch and, you know, Baron Corbin and Becky Lynch and Dominic Mysterio on here is to generate ratings because they're trying to get people interested and invested in NXT because even though NXT has a lot of great talent, they don't have enough star power to really generate big ratings. And you need established talent to bring those ratings in and thus get the new talent over. So I really feel like Butch holding the Heritage Cup will bring credibility to it in a way that Noam Dar simply cannot. And then backstage we cut to Dominic Mysterio who is basically talking about having a free Saturday off because apparently he beat Dragon Lee on Monday Night Raw. I don't know because I didn't watch Monday Night Raw. I was busy uh, watching highlights of NFL football in preparation for Lance Goodman's inevitable return to the show because we're hoping by week four he will be on the show and be able to give his football updates. At least I'm hoping we'll still be able to do 
that on some level. More on that when I get to the variety show. But then Dominic Mysterio discovers that even though he no longer has an opponent for Saturday, there will be a triple threat match to determine who will challenge him at No Mercy. Now, some of you might be confused about the fact that he has no challenger because we were all under the impression that Dominic Mysterio was supposed to face Mustafa Ali for the North American title. Well, unfortunately, that's not happening. And the reason is because WWE, now that the sale to Endeavor is official, Endeavor now owns the company. They are now merged with the UFC under the TKO company banner. It's now called TKO, this division of Endeavor. A bunch of superstars got released as a result. Now, there were also some employees that got released as well. In fact, they actually arranged for all the in-house employees to work from home because they didn't want to cause embarrassment when they let people go or informing people they would be let go. So basically they did Zoom calls and things like that to let people know they were going to be released because they didn't want to go through that awkward moment of someone clearing out their desk, picking up their stuff and walking out while the people who had their jobs got to sit there. Because that is embarrassing when you're the guy that has to clean out your desk to get out of there and, you know, walk past all these people who are now knowing that you have no job, you have no income and you're going to be figuring out how you're going to provide for yourself or your family if you have a family. So that's an awkward moment. But there were also multiple superstars who got released. Now, as I mentioned earlier, there is going to be a variety show that Zach and I will be doing. And on that variety show, we will address the majority of the superstars that got released. What I'm going to do right now is only address the NXT stars who got released, which obviously I'll start with Mustafa Ali, who has been with the WWE since 2016. So he's been here roughly seven years. Now, apparently a while back, Mustafa Ali asked for his release. The company did not grant it to him. And by that, I mean the WWE, because at the time, there was no Endeavor sale. You know, it wasn't owned by somebody else. Now, obviously, I don't think Mustafa Ali wanted his release now. But obviously, a few years ago, he did. And personally, if you want my personal opinion, I am not the biggest Mustafa Ali fan on the planet. I admit there were times where he was good. I felt there were times where he, you know, was bringing stuff to the table. But I honestly didn't feel like Mustafa Ali was a future big name star. I didn't see him being a a top guy and I definitely didn't see him as ever being the top guy, the face of the company. I just didn't see it. I saw him as simply being a decent hand. So Mustafa Ali getting fired overall doesn't really affect me. But what does bother me is the fact that they chose to release him prior to No Mercy. Why would you release somebody who was advertised for a big pay-per-view that you have when you're supposed to present what you have advertised. See, what I would have done is I would have had Mustafa Ali compete at No Mercy, have Dominic Mysterio beat Mustafa Ali, retain the North American title, and then the next day release Mustafa Ali. Or if God forbid, and circle underscore highlight the words God forbid, because I never wish that on any wrestler, no matter how much I may love or hate them. If God forbid Mustafa Ali got injured, okay, then you pay him till he's well and then release him. Simple as that. But to take him out of the picture before a big title match, especially when there was a story around this, to me, is stupid. I thought that was a stupid decision to make, in my opinion. Then, of course, in addition to that, they also released Dana Brooke. Again, Dana Brooke's been with the WWE since 2013. She's been here for about 10 years. What bothers me the most is that Dana Brooke, when she first debuted as the total diva, that was the perfect gimmick. She was she had the muscle muscular build. She was like an 
Arnold Fitness Classic finalist or winner. I can't remember which one, but I know she was participating in it. She had good in-ring work. She had a great persona, great personality, and I honestly felt like Dana Brooke could have been a top female star. But creative fucked her over royally. Corey Graves, who was a shitty commentator, practically buried her on commentary. And to top it all off, they were pushing people who weren't as talented as her ahead of her. So I honestly felt like Dana Brooke got screwed. I felt like she deserved way better than what she was getting. They also released Quincy Elliott, who had been there since 2022. I forgot Quincy Elliott was even part of the roster. I thought his gimmick was goddamn ridiculous, and this is a release I can definitely support and get behind because there was no future for this guy. Eichmann Jiro also got released. Jacket off time. About fucking time. They got rid of him. I mean, that was goddamn ridiculous that they didn't release him a lot sooner. So, so far those are the only NXT people that I see. I don't really see any others. I think the rest of them are like main roster people or you know, got called. I think Ulysia Leon, I think she might be NXT. Yeah, they released her. Don't remember her at all. Don't care. I can't remember if Brooklyn Barlow was also on there and there was Bryson Montana. I've never heard of these two so they're irrelevant but I can't remember them but the rest of these people that got released will address on the variety show but I want to get that off my chest that I thought it was stupid to release Mustafa Ali before the pay-per-view and have to do this triple threat match to get Dominic a new challenger. Then we cut to the NXT tag team champions Tony D'Angelo and Stax who are waiting for the rest of the tag teams at a fancy restaurant because they were going to get together to decide who would get the tag title shot at No Mercy. Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo arrive first and tell the tag champs they are not interested in food. They want the title shot. So obviously this is great. You know, Tony D and Stax, they bring this Italian gimmick and build it up so perfectly. You know, sitting down, having food, talking in a civilized manner like mafia people do. I love the concept and I can't wait to see what happens next with this. Then uh, backstage we cut to Blair Davenport who says Gigi Dolan can't match her brutality. Blair Davenport cutting a great heel promo. Love the build up between her and Gigi Dolan. Everything is perfect between these two. I look forward to seeing what they do in the ring. And then we cut to the next match of the evening. We got Trick Williams versus Joe Gacy with Ava. This was a relatively short match. Uh, I don't want to say it was a squash because it was definitely uh, some back and forth action before uh, Trick countered uh, Gacy's finisher with a running knee and got the win. Um, It was also, you know, very hard hitting and also very, very weird that the dyad wasn't here and apparently it's because the dyad have apparently been released from WWE as well but apparently they were released prior to the sales they weren't part of this massive cut they got cut in advance that's why the last couple times we've seen Gacy and Ava together and they're talking about the tree rotting the dyad apparently they were released so that's why we don't see them around here anymore they haven't been kicked out of schism they've been kicked out of WWE period So anyway, after the match, Williams is asked who he thinks will walk away with the NXT Championship at No Mercy. Williams notes that he just had his best win ever, and they are asking him about another man. Williams says it will always be Trick Mellow Gang, so he'd be a fool to bet against him. And he said, and by that, he means Carmelo Hayes as him. And then he says, Mello has his title. Maybe it's time for him to get his. Now, I will say this, and this is kind of a fourth wall break here. With all the shit that I had to go through today, when I turned on NXT and finally got home, this was the first thing I saw and the first thing I noticed. Right here. So I was under the impression that Trick Williams was going to go in the back and try to get a shot at the NXT North American Championship since Dominic was left without an opponent. Not knowing, of course, there was a triple threat match to determine that because apparently Shawn Michaels put it on Twitter. And even though I do check my Twitter from time to time, I'm not following Shawn Michaels on Twitter. So I don't see what Shawn Michaels posts. So I was not aware of that. I thought Trick was going to go get himself a North American title shot. I had no idea what he was going to do. 
later. Then we go to the backstage area with Andre Chase and Duke Hudson, who see Thea Hale's new look. JC Jane is proud. Chase and Hudson are shocked by Hale's short skirt and leather, but pretend that they like it, which I'm not going to lie. I love this new look on Thea Hale. I like that she's starting to look like a grown-ass woman and calling herself a grown-ass woman. I think that's great. Um, I'm not quite sure, though, how I feel about the gimmick in general, because I feel like she, even though she's calling herself a grown-ass woman, she's still that hyperactive chihuahua. I'm, I mean, if you're not going to be the mascot for Chase University, I think she needs to tone it down a little bit. Like, I'm all for baby faces getting fired up. But first of all, she's not really a baby face right now. She's kind of being more like a heel, because JC Jane's a heel. And also, there is such a thing as being too hyperactive. Like, it works if you're a mascot and you're in the right gimmick. But if you're going for a gimmick change, you've got to tone it down a little bit so we can see a difference in the gimmick. That's just how I feel. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Baron Corbin one-on-one against Josh Briggs with Jensen and Fallon Henley. This was a very good match as well. I enjoyed it. Baron Corbin and Briggs had great chemistry. Briggs definitely held his own in this match. And I felt like this was a chance for Josh Briggs to show that he's not just a comedy act with Jensen. That he can be a brawler, he can be a fighter, and he can hold his own. And if, God forbid, these two ever break up again, Briggs has the opportunity to stand on his own as a singles competitor. I pray to God they never break up because I think they're perfect as a tag team. And I hate seeing tag teams break up because Lord knows we need as many tag teams as possible in WWE for those tag titles to mean something. But obviously, Corbin was going to win. There was no doubt in my mind. He has to look strong going into No Mercy. And plus, Corbin right now is trying to be built to be the dominant heel in the company or in the brand. Because they need one and they need a top heel. And Baron Corbin is perfect for being the top heel. So after the match, Corbin grabs the mic. He's going to do to Braun Breaker what he did to Briggs tonight. Breaker power walks to the ring and attacks Corbin. Security hits the ring and tries to separate both men. Referees join in and eventually separate them. Great brawl. Great build up. Making this match exciting because there's no titles on the line in this match. This is all about big men fighting for pride. So you have to have moments like this in order to really tell the story. With title matches, you don't really need to do this. The title alone tells the story for the title matches. And then we cut to the backstage area where we see Trick Williams walk into Shawn Michaels' office. So that was the moment where I thought he was going to shoot his shot and challenge Dominic Mysterio for the title. Obviously, I was wrong, but we'll explain that a little bit later because I don't want to jump ahead. So on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening, if we even want to call it that. We got OTM, which is Bronco Nima and Lucian Price with scripts versus Hank and Tank. This was a relatively quick match, and it should be. No disrespect to Hank and Tank. I like the gimmick, but they are very much a jobber tag team. This is not a tag team that you should obsess over or take seriously. I'm sorry, but no. I don't take these guys seriously at all because there's no logical reason to. Plus, OTM clearly needs to be built up because they're the newer tag team. And with scripts, they at least have somebody to talk for them so they have to do a whole lot of talking. They can just go out there and be a badass tag team. I think they could be a modern day version of the Authors of Pain if booked properly. So, squash match, done very well, and the right team went over and looked good. Then we cut to the backstage area where Dolan's getting ready for the match. The lights go out, they come back on, and Davenport is standing over Dolan. So, basically, she takes her out, and the match does not seem to happen at all as a result, which basically means that one of two things. 
either A, they're going to add this to the No Mercy card, or if they don't add it to the No Mercy card, then it looks like they're going to save it for like next week or in a couple weeks or whatever the fuck, or drive this out even longer till the next NXT Premium Live event. I don't know what the hell they're going to do, but I hope they put it on the No Mercy card because as of right now, there's only six matches scheduled. So they have room for at least two more, and then that should be the cutoff. Then we cut to the backstage area where Trick Williams confronts uh, Tyler Bate and Axiom and tells him that the triple threat match that they were originally going to have is now a fatal four-way as Trick Williams is adding himself to the match. Now, apparently, Dragon Lee was the other person in this match. They decided to give Dragon Lee another chance to fight for the title despite the fact that he lost on Monday Night Raw to Dominic Mysterio. Now, again, I didn't see the match on Raw, so I don't know if there was interference or something some level of fuckery, but if there was, and I'm assuming there was, because it's a judgment day, that would be the only logical reason to include Dragon Lee in this match. Because if Dominic won decisively, it's stupid to put Dragon Lee in this match. It would be even more stupid for Dragon Lee to go over in the Fatal 4-Way and get another title shot. It really would. It would just be stupid. Then we cut to the restaurant where the Creed brothers arrive and start making really bad jokes. So, the segment was awkward, but we can see that the restaurant is starting to build. The scene is starting to build. You know, and the Creed brothers are excited to be there, and they're even more excited to get free food, I guess, because apparently the family is covering all of it. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. We've got a strap match. Eddie Thorpe, one-on-one against Dijak. Okay, I got one positive thing to say about this match and two negatives. The one positive, I'll start with the positive, because people claim I'm not positive enough when it comes to modern wrestling. This was a hard-hitting match. Dijak and Eddie Thorpe beat the shit out of each other, and they has fight. It was brutal. It was violent as it possibly could be within the PG confines and Eddie Thorpe went over, which means since Dijak got the win last time, they could have a rubber match at some point down the road if they wanted to. The only problem is you would have to up the stakes since this was a strap match. You can't go back just a regular match. You have to up the ante even higher. That being said, here are the two negatives. Number one, this match took place on the go-home show and not at the pay-per-view. This is a rivalry. This is a feud. This is a stipulation match. We have a pay-per-view this Saturday and they put it on free TV and I'm not going to go into the spiel because you guys already know how I feel about big name matches going on free TV when there is a pay-per-view literally right around the fucking corner what I also didn't like was that I don't like modern day strap matches because they don't end the right way a strap match and I know I say this at nauseum, but it bears repeating they're not supposed to end in pinfall or submission they're supposed to end with an opponent being incapacitated and the winner touching all four corners in succession. You have to hit them four times in a row. If you are cut off at any point, you got to start all over again. And that would be good here because then Eddie Thorpe could win and then Dijak said, well, you didn't pin me. Or if Dijak goes over, Eddie Thorpe can say, yeah, you didn't pin me last time, so I should get another chance. And then you have the rubber match where the match is determined by pinfall or submission. It makes the buildup a lot easier and continues the feud because you have to continue the feud because it's one, one apiece. You can't just end it like that. So to put this on free TV was ridiculous, but as far as the match itself goes, both guys did a hell of a great job and are both future stars. I especially love the part where, you know, Dijak pulls off his white belt, which he used to desecrate Thorpe's native land. And then also, you know, Dijak whipped Thorpe with the strap in front of his family. Great heel heat right there. It's always great when you torture the guy in front of his family, especially the baby face in front of his family. Great heat. Great way to get heat. Then after the match, Dijak attacks 
Thorpe and hits Feast Your Eyes. Dijak traps Thorpe in a tree of woe and whips him with the white belt. Thorpe's family screams at Dijak as he wears Thorpe out. Referees run down to pull Dijak away. So, like I said, they're leaving this open for a third match. I just wish they had put this on the pay-per-view or made this a regular match and then had the strap match at the pay-per-view and did all this at the pay-per-view. Because, again, you put the big matches on there to motivate people to go see it. Then we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Danny Palmer versus Thea Hale with JC Jane. This was a decent match. I wasn't overly excited for it, but it had great moments. Although before the match starts, Blair Davenport grabs Vic's headset and announces she has more where that came from from Dolan. And then Thea Hale comes to the ring with new music and new all-black ring gear. I like the ring gear. I'm not particularly excited about the new music. Palmer does a headstand to avoid Hale and locks in a headlock after a cartwheel. I thought it was a great, you know, fluid motion right there. They traded submissions, which means it was a great, you know, grappling match. And then eventually, Hale traps Palmer in the Kimura. Palmer taps out. Thea Hale gets the win. Once again, Thea Hale establishing the Kimura as her finisher. She locks that in. Whenever somebody she locks that in, somebody taps. Unless by some miracle, they make it to the ropes. And I like this. They're building a new side to Thea Hale. Uh, JC Jane obviously did her fair share of um, interfering in the match as well to help out. She also hugs Thea Hale and kind of taunts Andre Chase and Duke Hudson. Of course... Thea Hale can't see that. So now the big question is, is JC Jane playing Thea Hale for a fool? Or is she just simply taunting Chase U? We'll find out, hopefully, as the story progresses. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area where Baron Corbin says he's going to whoop Braun Breaker's ass. He's not intimidating him. He's not tougher than him. And then Braun Breaker attacks him backstage. And then next thing you know, they got security separating them again because, you know, obviously they don't want them to kill each other before No Mercy. And... Again, they're building this up for people to take this seriously as two badasses who legit want to kill each other. And the rage in their eyes is perfectly telling this story. I love it. This Once they get in this ring, I expect to see a violent beatdown of one of these guys. One guy giving a violent beatdown to the other. That's what I expect. Then we cut to the backstage area with Trick Williams, who tries to talk to Hayes about his potential title opportunity. Hayes is distracted by his phone. Hayes tells Williams he has to focus on his contract signing tonight. Williams agrees and notes he has to focus focus on two and walks away. Hayes realizes he messed up but doesn't go after Williams. So Trick's kind of, you know, upset that Carmelo's not excited about him getting a potential opportunity at the North American title. But at the same time, he does have to respect the fact that Carmelo's trying to focus on retaining the NXT title. And it's not that he's not excited for Trick. He's just, you know, got a lot on his mind because there's a lot of pressure going into this match because Ilya Dragunov is not a pushover and both these men know that. Then we move on to the next Next match of the evening, the number one contenders match for the North American Championship, the winner to face Dominic Mysterio at No Mercy, Dragon Lee versus Trick Williams versus Tyler Bate versus Axiom. This was an epic Fatal 4-Way. All these guys had their moments to shine. I especially love the moment where Lee sets up the Dragon Bomb and Williams turns into a Boston Crab. Tyler Bate then traps Lee in a cross face and Axiom hops on Williams' back and locks in a sleeper to try and choke out Trick. Bate eventually lets go of Dragon Lee and breaks up the sleeper with a clubbing blow to Axiom. That was a great moment because now you're trying to realize what the hell's going on. The only way this would have been better, I think, would be if there was a way to do 
something that Tyler Bate as far as his submission goes. Like if Dragon Lee had the ability to lock in like a sleeper on Williams and then maybe do a leg scissor choke on a Tyler Bate and see what would happen. Like a Dragon Lee slips and falls down and then eventually breaks it up or whatever. I would have liked to have seen all four of them trapped in something. I thought that would have been great. But still, the spot was enjoyable. I just would have liked that one little thing to it. But overall, like I said... Everybody had a moment to shine. Everybody did fantastic. In the end, Trick Williams bounces off the ropes and lands on top of Axiom for the win. And then Trick Williams becomes the new number one contender. And I fucking love it. I would love for Trick Williams to beat Dominic Mysterio and become the North American champion. I feel like Trick Williams needs gold around his waist. This would be a way to establish himself as a singles competitor and get out of Carmelo Hayes' shadow. Now, don't get me wrong. I personally don't think he's in his shadow. I think Trick Williams is great standing on his own, but obviously the concept of Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes taking a break from each other is for Trick Williams to establish himself as a singles competitor and not just as Carmelo's sidekick and I feel like the only way for him to do that would be to win the North American title. Plus, I don't feel like Dominic Mysterio needs the North American title anymore. I don't think he needs it. I don't think he's going to benefit from it and I honestly believe that Trick Williams, his time has come so I'm very excited to see what happens at No Mercy. I'm also glad that Axiom didn't win because obviously he doesn't deserve a damn thing. Tyler Bate would have been cool, but like I said, Trick deserves it more. And Dragon Lee, he's already got a shot on Raw. He don't need another one. So the right person won at the end of the day. And then we cut to the backstage area where the family's getting together and they're all talking. Next thing we know, uh, OTM shows up because they just won their match earlier against Hank and Tank. So now they also want a shot, but they're not looking for food and they basically try to intimidate uh, the family into giving them a shot. So the family brings out their other Italian relatives who are basically saying, if you want to throw down with us, you're going to throw down with the whole family. And then in the end, D'Angelo and Stax decide that everyone's Everyone's made compelling cases because the Creed brothers obviously want the shot because they're former NXT tag team champions, and that's the match that everybody wants to see, myself included. And out of all these teams, the Creed brothers are the only ones I would want to see beat the family for the tag team titles. But I only want to see the family lose the tag team titles if they're going to push Tony D towards either the North American title or the NXT title itself, because I definitely feel like Tony D is ready to be NXT champion. He's ready to be the top babyface and has arguably the best gimmick in NXT right now. I'm still waiting for an argument against it. But in the end, the family decides that all of them will get a title shot because the family doesn't want to have any excuses or have anyone feel like they picked their favorites. So they decide, at no mercy, it will be the family defending the tag team titles against OTM, the Creed Brothers, and Los Lotharios. So it's going to be a fatal four-way, which I had a weird feeling that's where they were going. Now, ideally, if you're not ready to give the NXT title to Tony D, they should retain the tag team titles. But if one of these teams is going to win, I would rather be the Creed Brothers. So if the family or the Creed Brothers win, I have no objections. But if Los Lotharios or OTM wins, I'm not going to be happy. Because I don't feel like either one of those teams are ready to be champs because they're both still establishing themselves as tag teams in NXT. Los Lotharios has been gone for a period of time trying to regroup and OTM are 
way too green and brand new. So in the end, they need to wait their turn. Then Dominic Mysterio, you know, is talking about the fact that he's about to face Trick Williams, and and he says he's gonna whoop that trick, which I thought was appropriate because as we mentioned before, whoop that trick is you know the trick is who gets whooped, not the trick doing the whooping. That's why whoop that trick doesn't make sense when Trick Williams is whooping the ass. And then he tells Dragon Lee that you know thanks for the black eye, and then says he's gonna destroy Trick Williams like he destroyed Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee then jumps Dominic Mysterio, basically knocks him down after the match and starts taunting him as the referees pull him away. And then we discover that at No Mercy, Dragon Lee is going to be the guest referee for the North American title match. And now, here begs the question, how is Dragon Lee expected to call this match down the middle? Clearly, he hates Dominic Mysterio. He just punched Dominic Mysterio. So making him the guest referee is fucking dumb. Involving Dragon Lee in this at all is fucking dumb. He's had his shot. He lost on Raw. He doesn't need to be involved. Because unless Dragon Lee plans on screwing Dominic Mysterio out of the North American title, and in order to keep Dominic around a while longer and feud with Dragon Lee, why else would you make him the guest referee? Unless Dominic's going to go over and Dragon Lee's forced to count the three count for him, and you want to drive this out until Dragon Lee inevitably takes the title from Dominic Mysterio, which I don't want to happen. Because I feel like I said before, Trick Williams, his time is now. It's time for him to be champ. I support that 100% because he deserves it. No doubt in my mind that he deserves it. So as excited as I am for Trick Williams to win this match, I've got this strange gut feeling that Dragon Lee is going to fuck this up and I'm not going to be happy. And then we cut to the backstage area where Trick Williams finds Hayes on his way to the ring. They dap each other up and Hayes says they are both leaving NXT No Mercy with gold. So even though Carmelo wasn't really paying as much attention because he was under a lot of stress and dealing with shit, he at least acknowledges that Trick Williams is going to walk out with the North American title. Then we cut to the closing moment of NXT, the contract signing for the NXT title. Hayes says with everything that happened last week, there is nothing left to say. They should just sign the contract now. Dragonall says Hayes tends to be the wrong person at the wrong time all the time. Dragonall says Hayes isn't the right person to be the NXT champion. Hayes says he didn't call the play that ended with Dragonoff getting hit with the title belt. Hayes promises to beat Dragonoff at no mercy. Dragonoff promises unbearable pain for Hayes. Hayes says Dragonoff believes his own hype. Dragonoff asks Hayes what he will do when he shoots his best shot at him and misses. Hayes says he isn't the people Dragonoff has beaten in before. He isn't Oro Mensa. He isn't Gacy. He isn't Trick. And Hayes stops himself before he finishes that sentence. And Hayes realizes he said the word Trick. And Dragonoff's jaw drops because now Carmelo Hayes is basically saying, I'm not like Trick. And in a way, inadvertently insulting his best friend. Hayes says he'll show Dragonoff at no mercy. Dragonoff says he's done with letting destiny slip between his fingers. Dragonoff promises is to end Hayes' dynasty. Hayes says the championship is bigger than both of them. Hayes says Dragunov is capable of being champion but isn't better than him. Then we cut to the parking lot where Breaker and Corbin fight. Breaker tries to spear Corbin. Corbin sidesteps and Breaker goes through a car door. Corbin slams Breaker on the roof of a car. Breaker sits up and attacks Corbin again. Corbin escapes from into the arena. Breaker follows. Corbin and Breaker crash through a wall and end up in HBK's office. Referees and officials swarm to try to separate both men as the show fades to black. And I don't know what was more shocking. The fact that they went through the wall or the fact that they went through the wall, Shawn Michaels was actually there. Because a lot of times people have walked into Shawn Michaels' office. And I've questioned whether or not Shawn Michaels was even at the show or they were just walking into an office for the hell of it. So obviously, apparently, Shawn Michaels is there, which would make sense because he is the head of NXT. But one thing that still bothers me, what still gets my goat, is that Shawn Michaels doesn't appear on NXT TV more often. I want to see Shawn Michaels come 
come out as an actual owner and commissioner to make rulings in the ring. Again, Shawn Michaels can still draw ratings. Now, obviously, Shawn Michaels can't get in a ring and wrestle anymore. If he could, he would have wrestled Grayson Waller at Stand and Deliver instead of having Gargano do it in his place. So I'm not saying Shawn Michaels needs to get back in the ring for one more match. I'm not saying that. But as an on-screen commissioner making rulings, he can. Especially since, as I mentioned before, ever since he's become the new head of NXT, him and his family have relocated from San Antonio, Texas to Orlando, Florida. So it makes sense, it makes perfect sense for him to be an on-camera commissioner. Plus, it makes things more believable rather than having it seem like the inmates are running the asylum. I like seeing commissioners who make rulings. All I ask is that the commissioner not be a heel. Just be fair and impartial down the middle. We don't need heel commissioners anymore. Have them be babyface, and if they have to make a ruling in favor of the heel, it's something where my hands are tied and I have to do it. That tells the story. Just like how on the main roster, I like the fact that Adam Pierce is a backstage on-air authority figure, and I like from time to time he comes out and makes rulings. It's better for the company to have an on-air commissioner, especially one that can cut a promo effectively. And we all know Shawn Michaels is good on the mic, so make it work. But overall, fight was violent. Loved it. Again, they're selling this Breaker-Corbin fight, and they have to, because as I said before, there are no titles on the line, so you gotta tell the story a different way. And obviously, before this, they mentioned Dragon Lee as the guest referee, and I kind of jumped over that, but I don't give a fuck. I had to say it. But overall, this is a good go-home show, and they got the crowd excited for NXT No Mercy on Saturday. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude this recap of NXT. I thank you guys for tuning in. And real quick, we'll go down the list of the uh, NXT No Mercy matches that we have right here, right now. First off, we have a British Round Rules match for the NXT Heritage Cup. Noam Dar with Metaphor defends the cup against Butch. Obviously, I'm cheering for Butch to win this match and bring credibility to this Heritage Cup. And, of course, for the NXT Championship, Carmelo Hayes defends against Ilya Dragunov. Both these competitors are great. Uh, there's a part of me that feels Dragunov will walk out with a title. And since Carmelo mentioned Trick's name, I wouldn't be shocked if Trick did something to cost Melo the NXT Championship. Especially if, God forbid, he doesn't win the North American Championship. Because then we could see a breakup between Trick Mello Gang. Because I feel like they wouldn't allow him to bring up Trick's name in that contract signing if they didn't have an ulterior motive. But both these guys are great. I'll be happy with either choice. I'll roll the dice and say Dragunov wins. Then we got Braun Breaker versus Baron Corbin. As I mentioned before, this is going to be a fucking brawl. These two are going to kill each other. And it's going to be violent and I'm looking forward to it. If I had to pick a realistic winner, I'm gonna go with Baron Corbin because I feel like they're trying to build Baron Corbin up, as I mentioned before, as a top heel. And like I said, Braun Breaker, his days are numbered in NXT. It's time for him to leave. It really is. There's nothing left for him to do. There's nothing left for him to accomplish. The only other thing they could possibly do with him is have Von Wagner make a return and have Braun Breaker put over Von Wagner. That's the only other thing that would need to happen. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if Von Wagner magically came back at no mercy, interfered in this match, and helped Baron Corbin win. Because even though Baron Corbin and Von Wagner are not the best of friends, Braun Breaker was the one who 
damn near crushed his skull and put him in the hospital. So it would be the lesser of two evils in that regard. It would also give Braun Breaker a reason to want revenge on Von Wagner. You build that up to something else, assuming there's another NXT premium live event coming around the bend, which I don't know if there is or not. I ha I honestly have no idea because they're not really making that known or making that clear. So we would have to, I guess, wait and see what goes down with that. But right now, there's no NXT premium live event. So they would probably have the match on like TV or something, which I personally wouldn't prefer, but it's something you would have to do. Unless you made it so major, you put it on Fastlane or something. Or if they had a NXT special event, TV event, then you could probably put it there, end the feud there, and send Braun packing. But ultimately, Baron Corbin needs to win. It's time for Braun Breaker to do his honors before he gets called up. Next, we have the Extreme Rules match for the NXT Women's Championship. Becky Lynch defends the title against Tiffany Stratton. I'm going with Becky Lynch. I feel like Becky needs to win. I love Tiffany, but I don't think she needs the win. And I'm still a little upset that Becky won this title on free TV and isn't winning it here at No Mercy. Because I feel like this match should have been here to begin with. The only reason I'm excited for it is because they upped the ante with the Extreme Rules match. And most likely, it will be the main event. But again, it's going to be a match involving weapons, so it will be different from everything else, and it will be different from the match that we saw. But I still want Becky to retain because I feel like there's more for her to do in NXT. I feel like she needs a good run with the belt, and they need to start grooming women to be ready and find the next top female that you want to build so when Becky does drop that title, it goes to a woman that needs it. I think Tiffany has already proven she's one of the best. I don't think she needs to beat Becky to get the rub. She's already got the rub just by the incredible matches she's put on, both on that women's championship match last week, or two weeks ago, I should say, and on all the house shows and live events they've been wrestling on. Tiffany is more than proving herself, and I think she is damn near almost ready for a main roster run, although they'll probably wait a little bit before they do that, but I don't think Becky's ready to leave NXT just yet. I feel like there's other women she needs to work, and I feel like there's one particular woman I'm not quite sure who yet deserves the rub, but we'll see as NXT progresses. Then, of course, we have the NXT North American Championship match where Dragon Lee is the guest referee. Still can't believe that's happening. Uh, Dominic Mysterio defends the title against Trick Williams. I'm going for Trick. I want to see Trick Trick whoop Dominic's ass because I feel like Trick's time has come. And then we got the Fatal 4-Way match for the NXT Tag Team Championships. The Family defends against OTM, the Creed Brothers, and Los Lotharios. I'm going to pick the Family. I got to go with my Italian brethren. But if the Family is going to lose, I hope the Creed Brothers are the ones to beat them. As long as OTM and Los Lotharios, as long as they don't win, I'm fine. But if the Family or the Creed Brothers win, I'll be happy but I prefer the family. All right, and that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this episode of the Boochcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. We are currently working on uh, Dark Side of the Ring and Dark Side of the 2000s, our review for both of those. We're going to be churning out a lot of content for you guys very, very soon on that. I'm working very diligently to get all of those done. Um, I'm hoping to get started on Dark Side of Football once Lance and I can reconnect and I'm hoping to get the ball rolling on Dark Side of Comedy at least next month as I know they're announcing uh, season two. They've already got the list out so 
I can try to get comics booked for each appearance and get those ready to go. But in the meantime, subscribe to the YouTube channel, check out all the content that's already there, and be notified for when the new content drops. Also, you can follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 25th for WWE Survivor Series. Uh, we're still trying to work out the kinks on all of that, but as of right now, unless something changes, I am supposed to be in Winston-Salem, North Carolina with Buff Bagwell for Wrestlecade. I say in case something changes because, as I mentioned before, a lot of shit has gone down over the last uh, 24 hours, so I don't know if Wrestlecade will be happening, at least for me or not. But I definitely know Buff will be there, so either way, make sure you go down to uh, Wrestlecade if you're in the Winston-Salem, North Carolina area. Go see Buff, possibly me. Uh, hang out. You can get your picture taken with Buff. You can get some Buff merch. And, of course, see all the other stars from around the world of professional wrestling outside of the WWE, of course. And, of course, if you're not in the Winston-Salem, North Carolina area and are going to see Survivor Series, be sure to go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast and check it out, provided the team will be able to get their shit together and be able to put out a watch party for you guys. And, of course, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, no special project in the works. And, of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash theboochcast slash support. Come support of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. $10 per month. Same amount of money you used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold the Peacock, you got to know where to put that 99 $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network, and unlike the Elite, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option to pay with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use to upgrade our equipment, we use to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes it'll be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then... Pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.